Big thrill, very excited to be joined by the former unified welterweight champion of the world. Uh, always a great guest, Keith One Time Thurman. Thank you, uh, thank you for joining us, Keith. Yeah, really appreciate yeah. it, man. Uh, the last time, uh, last time we got to speak was uh, Radio Row. Uh, was uh, before the Pacquiao fight. You did a hell of a job, first of all, promoting that fight. It was one of the most fun events I went to. Um, that whole experience, man, the idea of, of taking on Manny, uh, taking on a legend, uh, you, you, you know, you, you had a, a whole thing planned out going into it. And then like first round, boom, you're down and you have to fight and claw your way back. And you put such a great performance forward in that match. What is that? What, what, I mean, you know, reflecting on it, what is that like that you put in training camp and, and rounds and all of a sudden you're, you're swimming, you're swimming upstream kind of right as the fight starts that, that had to be, uh, I mean, a, a, a different perspective from your career, uh, having to come back like that. Uh, yes and no. You know, um, I've had many experiences like that throughout the amateurs, right? Where, like, the fight doesn't start off the way um, that I wanted it to. Um, you know, but with the Pacquiao one, it was just uh, quite interesting because, you know, I, I thought I was just about to walk away with the first round in the bag, right? Yep. I mean, I felt like I was dominating um, – the whole majority of that round and he just finally got on that um on that jump leap boom caught me moving straight backwards down i go and here comes a swing of a 10-8 round and then you know it's like ah it, it was it was one of the worst situations to be in um because i i believe i overthought it right um well Maybe, maybe I didn't really overthink it. At the end of the day, I felt like it's a 10-8 round, but it happened in round one, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that I didn't feel the pressure that I needed a knockout, right? I didn't, I didn't feel the pressure. I felt like uh, we saw the fight with Tibley Bradley where he got dropped three times and still won the fight, you know? Um, so the points, there's so much of the fight left. I felt like I can make up uh, what happened in the first round with the rest of the fight. The only thing was, as the fight developed and we get later into the fight, I start seeing that, you know, I am making a comeback. You know, maybe we're going to get a draw. Uh, you know, I don't really know if we're going to win, but I don't know if we're going to lose. And there's a part of me that wanted to push and, and go for a little bit more of the knockout. But I believe pretty much thinking too much on the point system and knowing how many times I've won on, you know, 12 round decisions in the past, it was just really hard for me to go into that KO zone. And another thing too, is you have to take risk. If you want to really knock somebody out, you're opening yourself up to possibly taking a few more chances. And I felt like with his speed, if I'm, if I wing a big punch right in front of him, he might pop me with a good one and down I'll go again. I was never worried about being knocked out in the fight, but if I was not, if I was to be dropped one more time in the fight, I felt like, well, then knockout is the only option. And I really wasn't trying to do that when I felt like it was a, it was a close fight, you know, um, it just was what it was. And I didn't get the decision that I was looking for, which I would have been satisfied with the draw on that night. Um, with the way the fight was developing. Well, look, man, you, 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 uh, you, you bit off a lot coming back. Cause you, you know, you were coming off the injury and the, and the Lopez fight. And so you uh, kind of went, you, you jumped right in there against an absolute legend. And uh, I, I mean, a, a, an amazing event, uh, a building that was jumping. I'm sure that's a tough one to even go up against the scorecards anyway, because I remember how loud that building was when he did put <laughs> you down, man. I, I honestly, I, t you know, I tell my partner who I do uh, my show with regularly, he's like, 
I never heard a building like that before. That was that was that was a crazy thing. So you showed a lot in that. Like there's 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 no doubt about that. Um, taking on a guy like that because you've said that you are interested in getting that rematch. What is what what is that 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 thing that he's got to 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 put guys down? Is it is it power? Is it footwork? Is it catching you at a weird angle? What did you think that it's it the was? Speed. It's the it's the speed with the power. You know, um, you got to have power to uh, put somebody down. But the number one attribute that he has, I believe, is the speed. You know, because even even when he's just moving his head. He's so small. We all know we all know what it's like to watch lightweights in the ring versus watching heavyweights in the ring. So Pacquiao being such a skilled lightweight um, who was able to compete in the welterweight division uh, makes him an anomaly, man. It makes him one of a kind, you know? And he's already so much shorter than everybody. So once when he actually does a ducking angle, it's like – where am I hitting? What's, what's down there? Where am I swinging? You know, um, he can put himself in a lot of different awkward positions and angles, and then he can also throw from different angles. There's one thing I did notice in the Pacquiao fight. Um, that I don't know if a lot of fighters talk about that much, but he has a technique that we, we kind of call it the two for one in boxing. And it's as if you're trying to hit somebody with, um, let me see if I can put the phone down real quick. It's like you're trying to hit somebody with two punches at the same time, Mm -hmm. but you're not, but you know, that's not a real boxing technique. So you'll never hit somebody with two punches at the same time, but you'll put them so close rhythmically right behind each other. You gotta, it's, it's the secret. If you and only fast fighters can do this, not people who don't have hand speed, don't even try to do what I'm about to talk about. But what you want to do is you want to hit the bag and almost hear one sound. You want to try to put the one, the, the, the right hand right after the left or the left hand right after the right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're right handing left hook, if you're going from the body and the head, but you need to rhythmatically do them so fast that it that is faster than that see that's that's one action you have to have both sides of it and you got to bring it together so quick pacquiao does that with the uh with the hook and the uppercut because he likes to put you here he likes to make you commit here and then sneak sneak one in there and he did that several times in the fight and you know i caught on to the um to the patterns and different things but you know great techniques are great techniques even if you know what the fighter's about to do um, in the moment of dealing with it, it can still be a challenge. What are you, what are you, uh, how are you health wise? How, how is, how are things coming along? Uh, as far as I thought I heard something like, uh, you know, you just don't want to be in pain anymore when you, when you train, uh, pretty recently, like, are you, has this time, this, this pandemic, have you gotten any silver lining out of it that you've allowed yourself to, to, to get healthy and feel a lot better? Um, or are you still dealing with some stuff as, as you kind of map out what you want to do next? Um, definitely the hand surgery has been feeling really great. Um, this time has allowed me to focus and, um, really allow that to fully rest. Um, the wrist action feels great. Um, so I'm really looking forward in hitting the heavy bag. That's just something that I haven't been able to, um, do, um, get back into solid contact with the left hand. Cause right as I was about to start with the light contact, that's when Corona hit and we, uh, we shut down the gym this next week. I'm actually going to start coming back in the gym because they opened up, um, fitness centers. 
but there's certain rules and regulations and our gym is very small um, in comparison to a fitness center. So we really don't want to let um, the amateurs back in um, quite yet. But when it comes to me moving around, um, now that they've opened up gyms, I believe I can step in the gym as a one-man show, uh, wipe the gym down, and um, I, I think it'll be okay. So hopefully um, when I start taking this through the stages, you know, I'm not worried about the first stage. I'm not worried about the second stage. I'm worried about um, getting back to the heavy hitting. Uh, is my left hook going to be as strong as it was? Um, can I really go 100%? Am I not going to feel a kickback? You know, um, and as long as that's that, you know, then so be it. You know, if um, like fighters like Floyd Mayweather, he had a lot of hand issues. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why he didn't um, get knockouts anymore throughout his career, you know, and he focused on finessing a lot of his victories, you know. So am I going to have to work the jab um, and, and place and soften up my hook and do the heavy hitting with my right hand, you know, um, is there, is there going to be a change in my style due to my health, you know? Um, but as long as I'm living and breathing and capable, um, you know, functional to be in a sanctioned fight, I'm going to be here, um, challenging everybody 100% what are, um, to the best capable of my abilities. What, um, what are the, I guess the talks in, in the sport right now, as far as big time guys like you, you're, you're a main event fighter. You're, uh, you, you know, you're a foreign champion that people like to tune into. You're obviously a guy that can pack a building, uh, but we're not in a point where buildings can be packed right now. Um, not to just you know dive too detailed into your financials, but how does that affect a fighter like you, a guy who is on the marquee, who people who pay to go see? Um, are you are you in talks to do something that's just on television because you'll get a lot of eyeballs that way, um, or are you going to try and put off maybe one fight as long as possible until maybe like the NFL is maybe talking about doing uh, sparse fans throughout a, a building, something like that? Are you waiting? for that to be the opportunity so people can actually be in the building to see you? Um, you know, we've yet to really bring it back. Um, so a lot of the capabilities are still up in the air. Uh, we don't know exactly when fans are going to be in arenas again soon. But as long as they start just, you know, mainstream sports here in America, like um, – Baseball, maybe basketball, hockey, um, football, soccer. I feel like if they might not all get back to um, right away on, on TV, like at the same exact time. But if we start seeing a trickle in, I think baseball is one of the first ones that can really do it, in my opinion. You know, um, I barely like being in the stands watching a game anyways. But, you know, uh, people people will tune in and it's a game. It can be live. Um, it can be recorded. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's really going to happen uh, with sports. I'm open. I'm open to performing to um, the people, you know, via TV without the arena, um, with the people in the arena. Of course, it will feel different, especially for me coming off of the Pacquiao performance. Yeah. When, uh, like you said, it was one of the most uh, amazing electric and just so much live energy in, and you could feel that, you know, but at the end of the day, um, fighters, we train so much in the gym. We do so much in the ring. We've done so much that people didn't get to see, didn't get to witness. Um, but the moment you put a man and another man in the ring and you say box, I mean, 
they're boxing, you know, and somebody like me, I can't speak for all fighters, but somebody like me, I will still put forward my best foot, even without anybody else witnessing, because I want to perform and I like to make a statement to the person I'm fighting more than to the fans in attendance. Is there any way you could, um, I guess, paint the picture of, of what that is like as a difference, Keith? Because, like, you know, I've been to, to regional shows down here in Miami where guys are on their come-ups and there's small crowds or there's just their friends and family that are there um, or nobody's there, quite frankly. Um, the difference that that is to, holy, holy crap, this is like a packed building. They're all here to see us fight. Wow. What is that jump like? Like, do you, when, when was that noticeable in your career where this is like, wow, this, this feels different. This feels electric. All right. Well, this is an easy one for me because one of my first happy paychecks, I made like 11,000 at the MGM grand. I was on the undercard of a pay-per-view event. It was like some, some lightweights at the time, but a, but a, but a but a barn burner, like these boys were going to be going at it and everybody knew it. So it was a an highly anticipated fight and nobody got to see me fight. Nobody really, you know, um, they did this thing where like, I was, I was, I think I was on TV ish, but it's like, it's like that pay-per-view channel. It's like, you can somehow before the pay-per-view you, right. I know what you're talking there, about. There was like, these commentators, there was these commentators, they'll be there testing these stuff out fights. And nobody's in the arena. We're at the MGM Grand, okay? Nobody's in the arena. I'm making the best check of my fight career, $11,000. And there has to be 12 or less people watching, okay? And then later that night, I'm watching the main event. I got my check. I made my money. I stopped the dude in, like, the second round or whatever. And, you know, I'm in the arena, and now it's packed. Here's the main event, co-main event. Now the MGM's packed. It's lively. Um, I remember being on, um, some, uh, Floyd's undercard with Kodo. And after my undercard fight, I got to be somewhere up in the stands and watch him and Kodo go at it live. And, um, that was, that was beautiful. But then the real big fights was Floyd versus Pacquiao, Floyd versus Canelo. And, um, and, but for myself, I remember my first fight on HBO in New York. And this was the main event was B-Hop. B-Hop was the main event. He was fighting some Don King fighter. And uh, Don King was still in the game doing his thing, trying to at least. And uh, I was a, a co-main event, co-co-feature. I fought Zavik. It was the first time I went 12 rounds on um, national television, HBO. And, um, and it was amazing, man. Once when I got into the... I never fought in New York. I didn't really check out the Barclays that much. The weigh-ins, I saw it. I saw the arena. I wasn't thinking much about it. I just, you know, I already fought at the MGM Grand with no one watching. I, I know what big arenas look like. So the Barclays didn't seem different to me. But what was different was when I walked out and all of the New York was in attendance, you know, because now I'm a co-feature. Yeah. I'm not performing with a crowd that's not there. The people are there. They're, they've already shown up. They want to see these co-feature fights, and they want to see the main event. That's really what they came to see. So I was one of the events that they really came to see. And for the first time, because I've had a few appearances already on television, for the first time, over 25,000 people are yelling my name. For the first time, you know, one time, get him, boy, get him, boy, <laughs> do the thing, do the thing, rah, rah. 
you know, and it was it was that New Yorker rah-rah, which goes harder than anything I've seen in uh, Vegas outside of the Filipino rah-rah that came with the Pacquiao. You know, that New York rah-rah is, uh, is, is just one of a kind, man. And that let me know that I made it, that I made it into the world of boxing, that, um, that I have fans, that people want to see me fight. What Ben Getty always said about me when I was 14 years old, wait till they see you, boy. Wait till they see you. Uh, what do you think of, uh, some of the, uh, the old time heavyweights, uh, back training, uh, Mike Tyson has been going viral with some videos to see Holyfield is in the gym with Vladimir Klitschko. Tarver's holding mitts for him. It almost looks like a, like boxing fantasy camp, but I do dig it. I like seeing these guys in shape. I like seeing them do their thing. Uh, what do you, what do you make of all this stuff? It seems fun. Uh, it's definitely fun, man. I think it's amazing. Um, I think it's 100%. Uh, very inspirational. I believe it's one of the most inspirational things right now during this uh, COVID time that's hit the uh, internet, man, because it's, uh, there's so many things that, that has happened. Um, there was um, a Jordan documentary hit, you know, and I just think that there's an opportunity for like the, the young people who didn't really get to see Mike Tyson, but know um, a little bit about Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? Because what Mike Tyson came out with that cartoon and stuff, you know? Yep. So, you know, Mike, Mike Tyson touches so many different age demographics is what I'm pretty much trying to say, you know, and and it's so inspiring to see what he's doing. Uh, he was one of my first favorite fighters of all times. Um, it was always my dream to try to have more knockouts than Mike Tyson. It's one of the reasons why I started my professional career with um, eight consecutive first round KOs and TKOs is just how much I admire Tyson and, and the whole um, um, KO philosophy you know just going for the kill so you know just seeing him work man seeing what he can do even at the age that he's at you know um if they're going to do a charity event i think they would get a lot of positive feedback for that um so let's just see what really unfolds and and what happens you know but just just living a good healthy lifestyle and um just being an influencer in today's market i think they all can do um pretty well just from that have you gotten to uh, speak uh, to your guy Mike Evans and your Tampa Bay Bucks getting Tom Brady? Uh, that's got to be uh, pretty exciting for you guys coming up this season. Uh, yeah, man. Um, didn't get to talk about it much, but um, Tampa Bay is really, really, really excited, man. You know, we're um, looking forward to seeing uh, what can manifest. And it's just um, uh, a tragic that, you know, uh, we don't know what's fully happening with sports because the Bay Area, you know, we're looking forward to having a great team. You know, it's um, it's hard for the Bucks out here. My whole life being born, born and raised seven two seven eight one three. It's just hard out here for us, man. We had that one great year. We won. We took down the house, and uh, we had years before that where we were in a whole lot of playoffs. And there's just times where we don't even hit the playoffs, man. I mean, it, it's hard being a Bucks fan out here, but um, but I feel like eventually we always come around, and that we have the capability of being champions. So. You know, let's just see, man. I just love, I just love having a good season. You know, just, just getting more wins than losses when it comes to team sports. I believe that's what's really important. Um, as far as as far as you know, you going forward, man. Uh, you know, I'm like, I don't know boxing rankings and the belts and all that stuff. Like, I, it all seems kind of fugazi on how it works sometimes. Uh, like I see you, and I see you sometimes, like at like seven and five in some places. Like this guy lost one fight to a legend, split decision by the thinnest of margins. Um, you know, it, it I, I, and, and I mentioned this to you, you, may, you probably don't remember cause you did a gazillion interviews, but I was like, you know, you're coming back you, off the injury. You were the top welterweight on the planet and you have this one 
very, uh, very, you know, slip up against Manny Pacquiao, which, you know, you, you, you know, one judge that night who mattered thought you won. So where do you see, where do you see yourself right now, man, with, uh, you're, you're in this new position of, of having to chase, you're, you're not being the chased anymore. Um, so you got guys like Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford who are now, uh, dubbed the, the guys on top. So what is, what is your outlook? How do you look about going after these guys and, and getting back to the top? Uh, does it you know, involve going after Pacquiao first? What is the game plan if, if it was all ideal for you? Um, you know, it's just one of those situations, right? Where no matter what, once when you lose, you, they have to knock you down in the rankings, you know? Um, and once when you're not, you know, once when you're not number one, who are you really, you know, um, you know, being one of the top guys is very important in every sport, you know? So I'm grateful that I know that I'm one of the top. I know that I'm acknowledged as one of the top in the welterweight division, and it's really hard to deny. So really all I have to do is keep doing what I've always done um, and just represent myself to the best of my ability. So like you said, you know, my history, you know, that I've come off of these hard times, but let Keith Thurman get back to a, a position of strength and power and health and see what develops of Keith Thurman. So the Jose Cito Lopez was a tune-up fight, but was it really enough? You know, um, in retrospect, it was just really hard to not say no to the Pacquiao fight, you know? Uh, how could you? <laughs> um, if I say no to the Pacquiao fight on that day, do I ever get the Pacquiao fight in the future? You know, so um, this happens in fighters in their careers. And I believe the greatest of all champions are able to, you know, um, rise up again. If you're really the, the cream of the crop, it's something that um, Floyd never had to do, right? Floyd got to stay number one forever. But we've seen, um, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard get beat and then come back. And um, other fighters, man, throughout history, you just get beat and they come back. Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tyson, just everybody wants to make a comeback, you know. And if you are if you have greatness in you, that greatness can come back, you know, because it's really hard to take greatness away. Like you said, it was a slip up. It was just a bad day. In football, they call it any given Sunday. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sure. That was a major fight in my career. It was a, a, a very big point in my career. But luckily for me, I'm not the age of Manny Pacquiao. I do have youth on my side. Um, and he's been there too. I mean, like he was a can, guy He was a guy everybody thought was done after the Marquez knockout. Um, and look at him. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he was able to put that behind him and, and still get to, to big things, have the Mayweather fight. Have a have a packed house again, where it's thing you think. So it, I mean, it, it is a crazy thing in sports. Sometimes in boxing, I feel like as as a guy who who loves the sport, I really do. But I do feel like I'm also a UFC fan, so I I, I feel like that fan base appreciates guys coming back more because you're allowed to lose. It feels like um, in boxing, it's like, well, if you lose, you're almost cast off sometimes, and that's like you to what you said in sports. The comeback is the best is sometimes the best of the sports. Like that's always the thing that we're always looking for. It's like, wow, look what he was able to come back from. And, and those stick with you, man. I know. I mean, I had it in my fight. The comeback from the knockdown is what, what made the fight so entertaining. It wasn't Keith Thurman got knocked down in the first round and the fight was over. Right. It was that there was the tug and war. There was the, the real, you know, I'm down, I'm not out. And you know, like I said, I was a seven-time national champion as an amateur. I didn't go to seven national champions. 
you know, I didn't show up to seven nationals, you know, I didn't win every single one of them. You know, I know what it's like to lose. I know what it's like to come back and um, put my best foot forward and show everybody that I'm capable of greatness once again. Well, we're looking forward to it, man. Uh, nothing but good health to you, your family, uh, through all this stuff. And whenever you get back in the ring, uh, we know it's going to be a great show. It always is. And we always appreciate you giving us time and being generous with it, man. Thank you. All good. Take care. One love. All right.